This is Nick DeSalo from Elder, and you are listening to the Death to All But Metal podcast. Hello everyone, this is Tane from the Death to Orbit Metal Podcast, and tonight we are very lucky to be joined by Nick DeSalvo of the mighty prog juggernaut that is Elder. Nick, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, thanks for talking to me. Ah, no problem. So, uh, congratulations on the new LP, the Gold and Silver Sessions, by the way, which uh, comes out on the 12th of July. Yeah, uh, thank you. Uh, on top of that, you guys have also just finished your tour through most of the countries in the Baltic as well, and also had some shows in Greece on top of that. Uh, how was the tour? It was a really interesting one. Uh, we've done it. We've covered a lot of ground in Europe and the United States, but um, and we kind of toured our asses off in most of the countries where there's an audience for us. So we decided to do one final tour from the last record, Reflections, uh, just hitting the the more obscure, I mean, obscure sounds kind of derogatory, I don't mean it that way, the lesser <laughs> uh, visited countries in Europe, and just to kind of feel it out and see it, just have like an adventure tour, you know, um, and it was a lot of fun, we definitely had a lot of strange experiences, as uh, is kind of common if you're touring through like, you know, deep Eastern Europe, but <laughs> all in all, we, we made it back in one piece, and I think we made some new fans along the way, so this is what you call success, I guess. Yeah, nice. I uh, I do hear that there's um quite a big scene for um for prog and and psych and stoner stuff. Um, especially I know in Estonia and Latvia. Um, and I know obviously you've uh, been working at Stickman Records for uh, about three years now, right? I have. Yeah, you're pretty well informed. Oh, <laughs> um, so I mean, has uh, has that been a kind of useful staging point? Are you more in contact with bands through the label, or is it just you're finding that uh, you seem to have more of an audience there? Um, well, the, the tour and, and my work with Sigman aren't really correlated. I would say um, I definitely do come in contact with a fair amount of bands through more like you know professional work in quotation marks uh mm. through through label related stuff um and you definitely meet people from all over the globe doing that in a different capacity but uh the kind of stuff we're doing with elders and the, the tours we're doing are more of kind of just an organic approach is you know play as much as we can and hopefully the albums will will reach to the far corners of the globe eventually yeah nice but i'm not really doing like active pr stuff or anything like that uh, through the label for for elders enough you know daily work for the other bands that i don't really get to dive into that too much <laughs> true true well um uh speaking of uh things a bit more organic uh with the gold and silver sessions i know um especially with reflections of a floating world uh you'd said that it was much more of a solo effort with the writing uh, but with the Gold and Silver Sessions, it sounds like it was much more of a, a set of jams, and obviously it name-checks your project with Mike Riesberg as well. Uh, can you tell us a bit how the LP ended up coming together in such a different way to the last album? Yeah, um, well, we weren't really initially planning on doing any uh, EPs or, or you know special releases just because that's never been a format that we've been like comfortable working in. Uh, we always go for like the, the double LP, you know, intent. <laughs> or not 
but we got approached by Jad, who's the, who's the guy who's doing blues funeral recordings, and he came up with this post wax idea and really wanted us to be part of it. And um, at the moment, we were just kind of feeling like it might be a nice a nice impetus to just refresh ourselves creatively and and get back to the the roots of how we started playing music in a less professional sense, just you know friends jamming together in a, in a practice space or something. He was like, well, you know, like I want the bands to be able to do something outside the framework of their normal releases. And to me, it just sounded like a fun idea again. And, and once again, it's not something we would have done on our own had there not been someone kind of like proposing the idea to us. So we were going to go on this. We were on a pretty long tour uh, last fall in October. Mm-hmm. And we had like a, a week off in between two tour legs where we landed in Berlin, which is where I'm currently based. And we decided like to try and write some music while we're on tour and just, and, and just, uh, you know, create a loose framework of some loose song structures that we could then, you know, go into the studio for just a couple days and live record and see what happened. It was, it was kind of like just very informal. And that's pretty much exactly what ha- ended up happening. Like at, at one point along the uh, tour, we got asked to do a special set like a secret set in some basement room at uh, the Desert Fest Antwerp Festival. And we ended up like creating, you know, some jams for that. And those jams evolved over the tour during sound checks and whatnot into the songs that you heard on that LP. So it was just kind of a, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was a real, I don't want to say ramshackle thing because in the end it ended up feeling quite right, but it was definitely, you know, just some stuff put together kind of while we were sitting around on tours. Yeah, nice. It um, I mean, obviously, I know uh, in some ways you've uh, m- sort of moved on, uh, especially lyrically from from the earlier stuff with, uh, you know, the kind of sword and sorcery references earlier on, and then obviously uh, the last album, uh, Reflections of a Floating World, having the the references to the ukiyo period in Japan, and obviously getting a lot heavier. Um, but did you find that uh, the influence for these these tracks on the Gold and Silver Sessions uh, was a lot just lighter and kind of just nice to revisit? Yeah, and I mean, for the, for me, the lyrical content is always kind of like uh, just informed by whatever the hell is going on in, in my life and my thoughts at the time. And, it, and it's nice when you're free from the constraints of having to like come up with some serious lyrical subject for your music you could just kind of have the music be a fun light thing and, or just a you know a, an exercise in in brainlessness just just mindless listening <laughs> without having to think. i mean these songs are i guess brainless is maybe incorrect but like you know they're definitely a lot more you can zone out to them a lot easier there's a lot less going on they're just a lot more jammy yeah and no. that definitely felt really really good we've gotten in our heads super super hard the past couple of years writing this music and making it more and more dense and complicated and I think this was a good time to step back and realize for a minute like it doesn't all have to be you know as much crammed to as, into as little space as possible it can also let things just kind of bloom and grow on their own. Obviously you, you guys are, are quite separated geologically and I know also that um you know, you, you've been in Germany for three years now, and and looking at those those song titles and whatnot, are you finding Germany is kind of changing your your attitude to writing in general? Um, I wouldn't really say that. I mean, there have been times like the I've been 
I've been living in Germany now for like going on seven years, I think in total. Oh wow! And um, the first time that I moved over here, it definitely changed my perspective a lot. And um, just traveling has always kind of broadened my or broadened all our horizons and and inspired us in different ways. And but at this point, I, I just kind of at home here. I don't feel like the the country or the, or the city per se. Uh, you know, it influences the the way we write music, but maybe it does imperceptibly. I don't know. I mean, for <laughs> sure, like there's this this whole like you know crowd rock thing. Maybe it's like seeping in further and further in my brain. There's like such a like orderly pace of life. This this motoric, this you know, for some reason, I guess that does seem fitting here in a way that it wouldn't in more chaotic states. I don't really know. Uh, no, it's. Uh, I mean, it's, for sure, I'd say that like it's nice to it's nice to live in a country where you don't have to like work your literal ass off just to make rent payments. Uh, and it's, in, in that in that regard, you know, like living here has definitely allowed me to live a little bit cheaper and to live a little bit better better as an artist, where I have more time to just work on music as opposed to the you know the last time I was living in, in Boston. You know, you you really have to work you know, 40, 50 hours a week if you want to just you know, live in a de decent place that's not a total dilapidated shithole. And that's just not really condi good conditions for creativity, in my opinion. Mm, mm. Uh, I've definitely heard that you're you're quite interested in the written word. And um, I've, I've heard you talk about, uh, you know, big, big, big into Russian literature for a while. And, and pairing that with your, your interest in the sort of floating world, the, the floating world, ukiyo, being a homophone for sorrowful world as well. Obviously, the world around you is uh, influencing you a lot more these days. Uh, do you find yourself writing from a perspective of negativity based on the world around us? Uh, yeah, very. I mean, very much so. And unfortunately, I always. I think this is one of the like the the Tolstoy things that always kind of stuck with me in a nice way uh i think a lot of his work is about like you know how how to exist in the world as a human and be aware of your own mortality and the futility of living but at the same time he managed to always you know draw some hopeful undercurrent that there's you know there's always room for like you know spiritual rebirth and there's always room for like i don't know yada 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 positivity and i try to keep that going somehow but like more and more and maybe it just has to has I don't know, has to do with exiting my 20s and becoming like a an older person who's seen who's been around the earth for long enough to see like that humans aren't getting any better and aren't getting any smarter and it, it sure as hell feels like end times to me lately I don't know I'm also very I'm very concerned about the environment I'm very concerned about you know politically the way all of the all the democratic countries in the world are going and I definitely for the, the album we're writing now that I mean this sort of I don't want to call it like apocalypse theme but like this is definitely the sort of like mood that's in that I'm in when I'm, I'm making music nowadays which is unfortunate um, and I really hope that I'm just a pessimist and I'm not a, a realist you know but yeah things seem to be going down the shitter yeah I think a lot of people are asking themselves that question right now with a, a, a possibly impending uh, doomsday scenario or, or end of society as we know it. I don't think you're alone there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, uh, speaking I guess of... in some way that that shouldn't that shouldn't be too much of a bummer because, I mean, if you see all the 
horrible things that humanity does. It's, you know, like a new start. The Earth will survive if humanity gets wiped out, you know, and that almost doesn't seem like such a bad thing anymore. (laughs) Fuck them all. Yeah, uh, I'm. Uh, no, I think we're on the same wavelength there. That's uh, that's good. I'm sure our listeners will appreciate as well. Um, speaking of the uh, the next uh, full length that I know you've said uh, is at least uh, almost finished recorded recording, or is it is it finished now? No, um, we're. I don't know. Still in the writing stages for sure. Um, mm-hmm. We're not probably going to enter a studio until sometime in the fall, hopefully. I don't know, October, November. It's a little bit up in the air. Uh, we like to set rough deadlines just to kind of kick ourselves in the asses a little bit <laughs> and remain productive. But at the, at the same time, you know, it's, it's ready when it's ready. Um, it's probably about like 80% written at this point. Uh, can, can you tell us a little bit more about it? I mean, uh, apocalyptic theme, uh, anything else you yeah. can tell us? <laughs> Uh, I mean, I haven't really, I guess that's more of like, uh, you know, the mood that, that influences the, the tone of the music, maybe. Although I, I, it's, I haven't gotten so far as to working on the actual lyrics for yet, or come up with like a central focal point for the, for the lyrics. But the music is, um, how do I say it? Other than it's, you know, it feels to me like another step past reflections. Um, less, less heavy riffing and, and certainly less of a, of a metal or a doom or a stoner influence as always, but also a lot more exploration with different like keyboards, synthesizers, this kind of stuff. Um, elements of like, not electronic music, but you know, kind of just different electronic sounds and, um, dense, but not necessarily in a, you know, like riffing up and down the fretboard as fast as you can way, kind of like polyrhythms, different kinds of evolving uh, rhythmic patterns and I'd, I'd say it's kind of less guitar driven there's actually a lot of like bass leads and stuff like that so it's um I don't know it's going to be an elder album it's going to sound like elder but somehow also different I've never been any good at describing the music <laughs> so uh no that's that's interesting to hear though as well because I mean um obviously tracking tracking the sound of elder and, and how it's uh how it's evolved over the years like obviously there's um there's that move towards uh you know just more psych rather than even heavy psych in some parts that we definitely heard in the last album and uh i I know that um uh from what i've heard it it took you a while to actually find some of the sort of 70s prog that you actually enjoyed and that the other band members were kind of pushing but uh has has there been uh, any any more influence from from bands that you've you've found from throughout history now? Yeah, certainly. I mean, I have a, I have a hard time believing that we're not really influenced by like everything that we we listen to on some level, um, or even if it doesn't trickle trickle down immediately. Uh, but I I would be really remiss to like say one band or, or some bands that are like particularly. Uh, like you can hear through the the new tracks. I know that's kind of a lame answer, but I always I do try to shut off that part of my brain as much as possible when making music, just so that we can actually, you know, write stuff that sounds like us and doesn't sound like anybody else. I um I know also that um uh, you mentioned in another interview that uh, you might be thinking about doing a solo project as well. Uh, what kind of stuff would you be thinking of looking at that the elder might not be a vehicle for 
Um, I don't know if you've actually heard the new record or not, the Gold and Silver Sessions. Um, I guess probably not. No, not uh, yet, no. Yeah. Um, the second song on that record uh, was actually written for my um, solo project that never happened or hasn't happened just yet. So that'll give you a good idea of kind of like what it sounds like. It's honestly, a lot of it sounds kind of like the Gold and Silver Sessions, like much more mellow. Um, but not as like jammy. Uh, the second track on that album is kind of like. And it sounds really stupid when we were um, when we were working on the studio. We kept calling it Chill Sex Jam because it's like got these like funky Wurlitzer pianos and stuff. And it's not. It's, we're just kind of like this. This sounds kind of sexy in like a <laughs> bizarre way. I uh, man, I'm not really getting any closer to describing what the solo project might sound like. It's not like. It's not porno music, I swear. <laughs> you heard it here first, people. Uh, Elder <laughs> moving slowly into the adult entertainment industry. <laughs> uh, no, but um, that's another thing where, like, uh, with the music, I just write for myself. I don't want it to have anything to do with, like, heavy rock, you know, just because that's very... Elder is, a, like, a rock and roll band at the core, and it's, like, always going to remain that, but... I think it's fun to write music that just kind of like washes their hands of any of that, you know, and it, it's a little bit freeing to think you don't have to make like big riffs or something like that. So, yeah, I would call it just like, I don't know, psychedelic music in some capacity. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it, it's uh, funny that the uh, the more you get into one form of music, the part of you kind of wants to, to run away from that as well. But uh <laughs> well, if you have to go on tour with your own band for like four months a year and like you know hear loud music all the time eventually i i think most more normal people would come to like get tired of that <laughs> at least that's the way it's been for all of us you know like you won't hear us listening to like stoner rock in the van like hell no never <laughs> it just makes me think of um the old wayne's world where uh, alice cooper is listening to classical music in the tour bus just uh it's a, it's where we'll all eventually end up <laughs> there is a there's a lot of truth to that for sure <laughs> I mean, uh, don't get me wrong i like i i think like the metalhead in me still exists he just comes out less and less to say hello you know and i find like a lot of metalheads like are very intelligent open people they might like be into metal and that's their thing and that's their identity but like actually they're a lot more ex like open to exploration than than a lot of other people who pigeonhole themselves into some kind of identity <laughs> yeah i think you're right i mean like uh you know people discover things over time and and then sort of you know, it is about exploration. It's funny when I hear metalheads talk about not being into prog, and I'm like, give it a couple of years, like, and they laugh, and then they, they then they want to come and check out my record collection. But you know, <laughs> I mean, that's how it was for me. I also grew up listening to like extreme metal, and slowly worked my way into like classic rock, into prog rock, and uh, and then from there, you know plenty of non-rock related genres but yeah definitely that took me a while to get into yeah true true i mean how how hard did uh did young nick go well in terms of music yeah uh i mean i used to like i used to, i had some shitty black metal bands back when i was a kid i had some like solo black metal project that i released a, a cd from when i was like i don't know 16 or something you know i was really into black metal was my thing for quite a while until i you know 
turned like 18 and realized that anyone who's still wearing like makeup when they're an adult is kind of just fucking weird <laughs> and the whole like i got like the whole political the, the like element of it just kind of turned me off after a while i didn't really want to have to keep like picking apart the bands that i listened to to make sure they weren't like hiding something oh god tell me about it i think the last black metal record i bought was like i don't remember some inquisition record back like when i was i don't know 20 something like and then that whole and then like that was the last band where it was like oh shit like this guy's like a, what was he into like kitty porn or something i was like fuck it yeah. i like throw it's just like a waste of money you know like <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck uh, you know, like that's about the the like as much as we might like uh, talk. I don't know, like a little a little bit down on stoner rock for like its simplicity or whatever. Like that's a genre where like every show you go to, you can be sure you never run into any like shitheads there, really. And that's cool. There's always like a very cool vibe. You can be sure that you're on the same wavelength with people. Like it's not that I have a problem with people with different political views than me, but like I've never really met like a Trump supporter at like a stoner rock show. You know what I mean? Most people are cool with like legalization of drugs. Just it's nice having a community where you feel like everyone's kind of on a similar wavelength. Yeah, it's true. Like in general, like in person, that's definitely been my experience. But I always I have my doubts about like our band being like apolitical. I mean, apolitical in the sense that we don't openly sing or write about political topics, but at the same time, like it would be nice to like let people know that we have a political stand and like that we, we stand for something, you know, mm. it's just such a, I don't know. It's a crazy world. It's a crazy time to be like a musician. It's a crazy time to be in the public eye in any capacity because everything is such a powder keg. It's just a really weird time right now. Mm. Yeah. The age of outrage. And, and when you do make a stand, it, it can divide you know, your audience in half. It, it's a strange time. But, you know, art's there yeah. to make a statement, I guess. So, it, yeah, is, yeah. it is hard. <laughs> uh, well, look, Nick, thank you so much for joining us. Um, thank you for entertaining some of my, my uh, strange question lines. And, uh, of course, uh, thank you for being the first to tell us about your involvement uh, with Elder in the entertainment industry, the adult entertainment <laughs> industry. <laughs> Uh, hey, but, you heard it first, Peter people. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, prize for the first listener who can come up with uh, an elder punned uh, adult movie title. That shouldn't be too hard. I like to think the, the listeners of the show are creative enough for that one. <laughs> Nick, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me, man. Yeah. Thanks so much. Uh, we'll catch you next time. All right. Take it easy. Bye. Take care. See ya.